Afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you, coming to you from the recliner. Got my feet up today, just uh, watching this north wind blow, and glad I'm not having to be outside. Temperatures are falling. I had to clear all my garden. Man, it really upset me. I had to pull all my peppers. They're talking about freezing temperatures coming in in the next couple of days, and pulled my peppers and the okra we had left growing, and a few little pickles we had coming off our, our cucumber vines, and Man, uh, gonna try to survive the the cold blast. I saved one of my pepper plants, and gonna try to save the the eggplant that's growing for Rhonda. So we'll see how that all comes out. I want to share a message with you. I I kind of put this information together a while back. I really like it. Um, I've talked off and on throughout my life in ministry about uh, rivers and streams and ponds and and things like that. So today I'm gonna share a message with you called "Are You a Bucket?" or a pipe, or if you'd like to look at it that way, are you a pond or a stream? Are you living like a bucket or are you living like a pipe? Pond or a stream could also be that reference. This is a rather odd uh, metaphorical question, yet consider the purpose of each of these. See, a bucket or a pond is designed to hold things. It's designed to, to, to you put a dam on a on a, uh, a pond or a stream and it, it builds up and it, it holds whatever's coming through there. The same with a bucket. You, you can put dirt in a bucket, you can put uh, you know, whatever in a bucket, liquid, whatever, and it's designed to hold it. Yet a pipe or a stream is designed to convey things through it. In other words, water, gas, etc., through a pipe or you know, a river flowing or a stream flowing water. A bucket or a pond holds what it receives, while the pipe or stream passes, it passes on what it receives. So let me ask, in regards to the material possessions that God has entrusted you to, are you living like a bucket or a pipe, like a pond or a stream? Are you holding on or are you passing on? You see, when you look at the way of a bucket or a pond, it's, it's easy to live a, a bucket or pond lifestyle, and here's why. One, we can find ourselves living like this bucket or pond when we ignore the ultimate end of all buckets and ponds. I saw a bumper sticker some time ago that read, He who dies with the most toys wins. What an accurate way to express the world's view of life and possessions. But it immediately occurred to me that even though this might be true, if the game of life is all about accumulation, but the sad tragedy is that he who dies with the most toys still dies. And then someone else will get to play with all your toys because you can't take them with you. David reminds us in Psalms 49, 16 through 17, says, do not be overawed when others grows rich when he has a big bucket and it's full, when the splendor of their houses increases. For they will take nothing with him when they die. Their splendor will not descend with them. And I notice that it says descend with them. God condemns the rich farmer for his this very thing. God said to him, you fool, this very night your soul is required of you. And now who will own what you have prepared? What is left in your bucket? So is this man who stores up treasure for himself, keeps his own bucket full, and is not rich toward God. Luke chapter 12, verse 20 and 21. What we keep in our bucket will eventually leak out. 
be stolen, be taxed, evaporate, or spilled out, or even stagnate when we kick the bucket. It doesn't, there's no movement in a bucket or a pond. Stagnation becomes very, very real. This should give us reason to pause as we consider the folly of living in an atmosphere like a bucket or a pond. Secondly, we can find ourselves living like a bucket or pond when we bestow on ourselves most important person status. We become the most important person around us. When we want and need to become the center of attention, we will find ourselves living like a bucket or a pond. Jesus sternly warns us about the narcissistic attitude that declares us the center of the universe. Again, the parable of the rich farmer is a classic example. The farmer was incredibly successful, and he had more than his current bucket could hold. So he chose to replace his smaller bucket with a larger bucket to hold all the new stuff that he had accumulated. Jesus nails the selfishness of the farmer in Luke chapter 12, verse 15, when he warns, Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed, for not even one as has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. The farmer was proud of his full and overflowing bucket, but God was not proud of him. And thirdly, when we can find ourselves living like a bucket or pond, when we embrace the belief that filling our bucket is the way to real happiness. John D. Rockefeller honestly admitted, I have made millions, but they have brought me no happiness. Henry Ford confessed, after becoming a multimillionaire, I was happier doing a mechanic's job. However, we still want to believe that lie that happy is the man whose bucket is full. Solomon, who was perhaps the richest man to ever have lived, agonized about the futility of his riches in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 11. It says, Yet when I survived all that my hands had done, when I surveyed, I'm sorry, when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. Somehow, we still want to believe that happy is the man whose bucket is full. Solomon observed in Ecclesiastes 5 verse 13 what happens when people try to keep what is in their bucket for their own selfish enjoyment. I have seen a grievous evil under the sun, wealth hoarded to the harm of its owners. That's not a good place to be. The way of the pipe. Let's just take a look at the way of the pipe or even the stream. Even though our sinful fallen nature entices us to live like we're a bucket or a pond, it is a cruel fantasy that ultimately leads to disappointment, it leads to destruction, and it leads to death. But what if we were to live like a pipe or a stream? Let us consider this alternative. Firstly, we will find ourselves living like a pipe or stream when we understand God created us to pass on, not to hold on. In God's economy, a pipe or stream is infinitely more useful to him than a bucket or a pond. He created us to be conduits, not receptacles of his blessings. What happens if a pipe or stream gets confused and starts thinking it's a bucket or a pond? Things get stuck, jammed up. The pipe, the stream gets clogged, and the only solution is for the pipe or stream to be rotor rooted or dug out 
so it can go back to doing what it was made to do. Let things flow through it, not just to it. Do you know what happens to the body when its arteries or colon get clogged up? I can tell you about the arteries. I've had some of that. I've had some stent placements because I've had some heart attacks. I just recently, two days ago, matter of fact, had to have a, a cath lab go through and run a wire up in my heart and look around to make sure all my stents were still functioning the way they were supposed to. When your internal plumbing's not working, your body is going to be greatly hindered in its normal activities. God has created many of us to be high capacity pipes or streams so that we can pump significant amounts through us to support kingdom causes near and dear to his heart. Take a look at what Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. Instruct those who are rich in this present world, high capacity pipes, not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and be ready to share, to let it flow freely, storing up for themselves the treasures of a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is life needed indeed. Nothing produces life indeed like going or doing what God has created us to do. God has positioned us to turn on our spigot and let it flow. G. Letnamo once was asked how he could be giving 90% of his income away each year and still be getting richer. He smiled and confessed, I keep shoveling it out, God keeps shoveling it right back in. He has a bigger shovel. Man, I love that perspective right there. God's got a bigger shovel. Secondly, we will find ourselves living like a pipe or stream when we really believe that what we are letting flow through us today will ultimately flow back to us later. This is a great eternal payback for being a pipe or a stream. The bucket or pond gets what it gets while it's here, and that's its reward. It's all it's going to get. But the pipe and stream receives a different payback. All that has flowed through it for all those years of life are being recorded, and it will all be waiting for us when we relocate to our permanent residence in glory. Malachi chapter 3, verse 16 says, A book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. God is monitoring your outflow. Jesus assures us of this eternal payback in multiple places. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 20 through 21, he encourages us, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven by what we're willing to let flow through us in giving to others in this life. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 21, Jesus charged the rich young ruler, If you wish to be complete, go and sell all your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Unfortunately, that story didn't end quite the way Jesus wanted it to. Pass it through now, and it will be waiting for you in heaven. Jesus was not asking him to give it up. He was just asking him to send it on ahead for later use and enjoyment. Not a bad deal if we keep in mind that this life may last 80 years, but eternity, well, it's a whole lot longer than that. And thirdly, we'll find ourselves living like a pipe or stream 
when the desires of God's heart truly become the desires of our heart. Psalms 37, 4 powerfully states, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Most people have incorrectly interpreted this verse to read, You delight yourself in the Lord, and then the Lord will give you what you want. But it more accurately should be understood this way. Delight yourself in the Lord, and then the Lord will give you his desires for your heart. In other words, as we delight ourselves in him, he will replace our heart's desires with his heart's desires so that we will love what he loves and we will have compassion on whom he has compassion. Once God has our heart's desire aligned with his heart's desires, we will find ourselves driven to be a high-capacity piper stream, allowing as much grace and blessing as possible to fall upon those for whom the Lord wants us to touch and to care for. We must not forget the sobering words of our Lord who said, From everyone who has been given much, high flow capacity, much high flow capacity will be required. That's Luke chapter 12, verse 48. Jim Elliott, who was, a, who was martyred while trying to share Christ with the native tribe in South America, wrote this, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. What we accumulate on this earth, we cannot keep. And what we accumulate in heaven, we can't lose. Seems like a no-brainer, doesn't it? If God has blessed you to be a high-capacity piper stream, I encourage you to, to freely open your spigot and let God's blessings and provision pour forth on those who need a blessing from God. Seek the Lord for these things. Allow God to lead you. Ron and I love to be givers. Uh, you know, I spent a lot, a, a good portion of my life with a desire to give and not an ability to give. When God blessed me to the place of being able to give, it is so awesome. It is so awesome to, to help others that are in need. And, and, it, and it's crazy to watch God work in this because when we humbly give, I'm not given to get anything back. I don't, I don't need a, a label. I don't need a kudos. I don't need something flashed up saying, oh, hey, watch this guy. He gives a lot. But, but what happens when we give with a humble heart, when we don't let the left hand know what the right hand's doing, as the Bible says, as we give from our heart, the heart that God gives us, the desire that God gives to take care of his own, watch what happens in the process of that. God gives it back. I, I, can't, I can tell you story after story after story where I felt led to give something. What's crazy is oftentimes I'll, I'll say to Rhonda, hey, I got something on my heart. She goes, how much? <laughs> and, and, and we'll just, and I'll say, well, I'm thinking this. He goes, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's like God confirms it all. He puts it on her heart the same as he puts it on mine. And we bless people. And, and it's such an awesome thing to do because what's crazy is I have blessed people on a road trip. And by the time I got home, God gave it back to me. Sometimes he gives it back to me in, in, multiple, in multiplication. Other times he gives back to me whatever I gave. But I've seen it happen time and time again. Rhonda and I were in in southern Arkansas, where she's from, down in Dumas. And we'd gone to church with some of her friends on that Sunday morning before we headed home. And, and God just impressed upon me. There was, there was a, a, an elderly woman there, an elderly black lady there, and I loved watching her worship. And they did an older song, and it was so cool uh, to, to watch her worship to that old song. And I don't remember the words right off the bat, but I, as soon as service was over, I, she was headed out the door, and I, and I rushed over to her. And I said, ma'am, I need to ask you a question. 
and, and it was in reference to that worship song. I said, I watched you worship. And I, I said, I watched you. And I, I'd just like to ask you a question. I said, how often or how real was it for God to bless you in those times when you were crying out? And she just went nuts telling me her story, just big smile on her face. She left. And I felt, I felt this tugging in my heart going, dude, you missed an opportunity to bless her. And, and it bugged me. So it bugged me so bad. I don't know who this lady is. I'm not from that area. I, I went and got a tithing envelope and I wrote on it and, and I found the pastor and I said, listen, this lady sat right here. She's a little elderly lady. She's a black lady. He goes, oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. He called her by name. I said, would you give her this envelope for me? And he said, well, do you want me to tell her who it's from? I said, no, that's not important. I said, I think she'll know because I wrote on there the same thing that that wordage of that song had said that day. I don't even know what happened to that money. have no idea how it moved on her. I have no idea how it blessed her. All I know is, is God said, do it. I was obedient. I did it. What's crazy, we got home from that trip. I walked into the shop where I'd been working. The owner of the shop comes up and hands me back the very amount that I'd put in that envelope and said, hey, I shorted you on your last job that you did for me. Here's some cash to cover that. God's awesome. You want to be a bucket? You be a bucket. You're going to miss out on all the things that God's got going for uh, those who would rather be a pipe or a stream. I don't want stagnation. I don't want things to stop when they get to me. I want them to flow through me. Because when they're flowing through you, there is no stop of what comes in. It just keeps coming. God just keeps blessing. When we're obedient to him, when we give the way he wants us to give, he just pours it on. And we can bless people over and over again. I love missions. I love giving to missions. I've, I've been given to as missions. I have people who support us financially. Man, I, I, I mean, we're blessed by what God has done in this ministry, in our lives, in Ron and I's lives. And I believe God's fixing to turn it up because I got to deal with some things. And I don't believe that God's going to leave me shorthanded. I believe he's going to increase in our lives because we're going to increase in our giving. I've, I've already got a burden on my heart that, that has to be taken care of. I really don't have a way to cover it. But I believe that God's going to change that because that's how he works. You can't outgive him. You can't outrun him. You, you can't outdo him. Blessing creates blessing. I, I, I spoke that in a message just recently to a friend of ours uh, that, that you know she had blessed us with some things. And, and I believe that as she blessed us, God will bless her back in return because blessing gives blessing back. Blessing increases blessing. It grows blessing. So I want to encourage you to, to pray. Let God have your heart and let him have your checkbook. Let him have your wallet. Let him have your ability to give. And as you do, watch what he does for you. Do it in obedience. Don't do it because I said so. Do it in obedience to him. You seek the Lord. If you feel that God put a burden on your heart to help somebody, you help them. Do whatever it is that God tells you to do. And I guarantee you, you won't go wrong there. Amen. I love you guys. Ron and I love you. We're thankful for your prayers. We're thankful for your support. I'm just praying that God blesses you beyond measure as you become a blessing to others. I, I want to share one more story with you. I youth pastor in New Mexico years ago. I had a young man uh, in my youth department, young Navajo boy. Uh, really wasn't involved in a lot of our youth stuff, but he was there faithfully every Wednesday. His family was there faithfully in church. I, I moved away, lost track of him for years. 
I got uh, one of those social media platforms early on, uh, way back in the day before I was on Facebook. Uh, I, I, this young man contacted me, and he said, I believe God's put you on my heart. He said, you've, you've been on my mind. You've been on my heart. And I, I'm, I, I believe I'm supposed to help you. And I said, man, I, you know, whatever you feel like that is, you be obedient to God. I said, God's blessing us. We're in a pretty good place right now. You know, I, I really wasn't in a financial burden. But this young man felt like God was telling him, I need to help you. I need to, I need to bless you. And so I simply told him, you be obedient to God. You do what God's put on your heart. You can't go wrong there. That conversation was so sporadic over time because he was deployed. He was only able to get online every so often in the military. And and, and it, it was crazy. It was a Wednesday evening. Uh, we had, my wife and I discussed this, the, this conversation this young man and I had had. And she calls me right before I left work on a Wednesday evening. She says, hey, you got a letter from, from this young man. And she said, you're not going to believe what's in it. Of course, she wouldn't tell me what was in it. So I got home. I opened the letter, and the letter was pretty much like our conversation had been over the last several weeks of back and forth between us about how he felt like God was putting it on our heart. In that letter was a $1,000 check from a young man from my youth group many years back who I had no idea whether I had an impact on or not. You think about that for a minute. God's, God blessed him to bless me. You want to know what's even crazier about that? Thursday morning, I walked into my office and I got fired from the job. It was an interesting thing. There's a whole other story involved in that. God was setting me up to do something different with the business that I'm in now. I just was unwilling to take that step, let go of my security blanket of that daily paycheck, that weekly paycheck. But that night, God had blessed me from a young man that I'd spent time pouring into. God poured back through him. It's that pipe version. He was being a conduit. He was being a pipe. And God poured through him into me over all those years. It came back around. I, I've never looked back. That Because of that day, because of that check, because of that kid offering to, to be supportive and be obedient to the Lord, when, when I got fired that day, when that young man fired me from my job, I, I knew for a fact God had me in his hands and I was taken care of and I never looked back. And I still am going forward, not looking back. God will do whatever it is that we allow him to do in our lives. It's up to us. We've got to be open. We've got to clear out the sludge out of the pipe. We've got to break out the, the brush pile in the stream so that it can flow freely. And when we do, God will flow through us unimaginably. He will bless you beyond measure as you bless others in his kingdom. Amen. Whew, that turned into a whole preaching message right there. God bless you guys so much. We are so thankful for each of you. Ron and I are praying for you. We're thankful that you're praying for us. Continue with us on this journey as we seek after that which is lost so that it may be found. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll talk to you again real soon.